0: The Main Ingredient with Kevin Bergen. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of The Main Ingredient this lovely Sunday evening. I'm Kevin Bergen, and on today's show, we talk to a gentleman who went from architect to sharpening expert. We'll learn about his passion for the art of sharpening and his dedication to mastering the craft and discover essential tips and techniques for keeping your kitchen knives in optimal condition, including the proper use of a steel honing rod and the importance of avoiding bamboo cutting boards and dishwashers. Welcome. Mr. Brett Gordon. How are you today, Brett? I'm very well. How are you? I'm excellent. So let's talk about the market sharpening company. I've never known, I've never talked to anybody that was an expert in sharpening, an expert in knives. And when I, when I went to your site, you sharpen a lot more things than knives, but we're going to get into that. I want to know how you went from being an architect to a sharpener.
1: You know, in 2019, I just moved in with my longtime partner and, uh, we're still together, but I was also working at an architecture office. And within a week or two of moving in, I developed a repetitive motion injury from keyboarding. I spent about a year off work where I did all the home cooking. And, uh, you know, after a few months of being frustrated with how dull her knives were, I asked her if she could sharpen or if I could sharpen the livers. And she was very reluctant. She She insisted that, you know, there's a guy in a truck that'll come around and sharpen it. She was from Ottawa. I tell her, we don't have a guy in a truck. Like, there's nobody here who does it. So, reluctantly, she let me do it. And uh, I sharpened a knife. And she was blown away. And she encouraged me to go to the Wolseley Farmer's Market. Um, And that happened in 2019. So, I did my first market in 2019. I hiked there with a backpack Uh, a bucket of water and a few sharpening stones and began sharpening knives right there on the spot.
0: Okay. How did you know how to sharpen knives in the first place? So you're working with her dull knives. You realize they need to be sharpened. Like my knives are dull at home, but I have no clue how to sharpen them. What made, how did you learn how to sharpen them properly in the first place?
1: Yeah. So when I was going to university to become an architect, I, uh, I had a job in the summer where I worked at a fishing lodge and I cleaned all the fish for rich Americans who would fly in and, you know, catch all of our pickerel and limit out every day if they could. So I cleaned about 2000 fish that summer and my knife needed to be sharpened daily. Um, earlier that year I went to Lee Valley and bought a Japanese water stone and that's where I, I began my sharpening
0: journey. First of all, most people wouldn't decide that they're going to sharpen their own stuff. They would decide that they're going to bring it to somebody. But are you the kind of person that always figures things out yourself? Like if you can do it yourself, you're going to do it yourself?
1: Absolutely. Like my father, my father was very much that way. You know, he, he built decks in the summer and fences in the summer for neighbors and friends. And he always dragged me with him, uh, whether I wanted to go or not. And, you know, he taught me. Engine repair, and you know, by the age of sixteen, I owned a 1984 Corvette and rebuilt the motor. Um, Sweet. I've built, you know, I've built guitars from scratch. I currently my hobby is blacksmithing, but I always have really big hobbies that consume a lot of money and time, and uh, pour all my energy into them. So, this is no different.
0: Okay, so another question that I have for you is: the market is a big bite. Now that I'm have been to a market and I'm a vendor at a market. How come you didn't decide maybe I'll get a few clients and sharpen some uh, residential clients to sharpen their knives, maybe start off slow. Like going, as you know, we both know the market is a beast. St. Norbert market, Uh it's a beast. So you're literally going from, you know, the frying pan to the fire. What made you decide that? And what was that first time out like?
1: Yeah, so my my first time out, I I hiked to the market with, you know, 40 pounds of gear in my backpack, and uh, it was pouring rain. It was absolutely hammering rain. It was about a 40-minute walk. I lived in West Broadway at the time, and I had to go to Robert A. Steam Community Center for the Wolseley Market. Um, Nobody knew I was coming. I didn't sharpen a single thing, and I left early, defeated, but I came back the next week, and slowly but surely, you know, more and more people came as the word spread. Um, and that's how I grew my business. Crazy. So how long ago was that? Yeah, so that was in 2019. Uh, I've been running now for four years, uh, nearly five. But um, yeah, I do also offer home service to customers. That's something more recently I've done. I didn't. I didn't own a vehicle until this last year. So I used to bike to all the farmers markets or hike to them. Um, but now owning a vehicle, I'm able to come right to your driveway, you know, front, you know, your street, wherever, and, uh, sharpen all your knives right there from the comfort of your home. What was it like when you were walk, when you're
0: hiking and when you were biking, when you finally got home after a market, you must've been exhausted.
1: Yeah. So I live in the West end right now, very close to Polo park. And I attend the St. Albert farmer's market every Saturday it's about an hour and a half bike ride. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a 20 minute car ride in the morning when traffic's slow, but you know, hour and a half bike ride. Uh, and then I would go and do a six hour market and I would do the hour and a half bike ride home. Now this would be all weather, you know, uh, it was not fun. Um, yeah. some (laughs) Some days it would be about minus five when I would leave the house and, by the end of the day, I would, I'd get home and it'd be plus 15. So uh, you have to dress, you know, three, four layers of clothes. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not in terrific shape. All my bikes were electric. So uh, I would not have been able to pedal them without it. I come with about 100 pounds of gear. So the the first bike I, I brought to the market was one that I, I built. I built the frame for. It was 10 feet long. Um, I used to throw my gear on it. It was pretty cool, but (laughs) sorry, you can go ahead. No,
0: no, no. What do you mean 10 feet long? So it had the bike portion and then what? It had like a cart portion that you would, it would pull behind it.
1: So I had a, I had a bike I used to go to the market with when I had a much smaller setup. And as I grew, I got more and more gear. So over the winter between 2019 and 2020, I took that bike frame to a friend's welding shop and we cut it in half and I stretched the frame out to make it 10 feet long. Um, and then it had a bunch of storage and a workbench built onto the back of the bike.
0: Maybe your name should be (laughs) MacGyver,
1: not Brett. (laughs) That is
0: crazy, man.
1: I I have just as much fun doing that stuff as I do sharpening, so (laughs) it's not that's that's what keeps me in business is all the little fun projects I come up with.
0: Time for a break, but when we return, We'll continue our conversation with Brett Gordon, owner of Market Sharpening Company, and talk about how he builds most of the equipment he uses to sharpen many different things. This is The Main Ingredient. The Main Ingredient with Kevin Bergen. The Main Ingredient with Kevin Bergen. Welcome back, friends. We are talking to sharpening expert Brett Gordon, the owner of Market Sharpening Company. In the last segment, we talked about how he went from being an architect to a sharpening expert. Now we'll find out how he also makes many of the tools he uses. Remember I brought up to you last weekend the um, the sharpening stand that you have. Did you build that? The one one that's on wheels? Like I'm like, there's no way this guy bought this from somewhere. It's way too custom for what he does for someone else to have built that.
1: Yeah. So I build, I build all my, uh, market stands. I generally build a new one every winter and I'm hoping to come up with a final one where I don't need to build them anymore, but, uh, having architecture as a background, I'm constantly thinking of ways where I can make slight design improvements. Uh, and I am constantly iterating on the design. So the one you see now is one I built, it started life as a garden cart. Um, yeah, and I don't know, It served me well, it holds all my gear. Uh, it sometimes catches on fire if I'm, you know, sharpening an axe or something, but i <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's some pretty good.
0: <laughs> I love it. You know, and I said to you before we started recording is that, you know, sometimes at the market you'll walk by somebody – you know, a bazillion times because it's just working. Hey, whatever. We've had, you know, brief conversations. Uh, you sharpened my girlfriend's shears, I think, to, you know, she's a hairdresser and you walk by somebody and you don't really know that story. And then last weekend we actually got into a conversation. I'm like, this guy is interesting. Like you never know what people have done. It's kind of crazy. Um. So anyway, let's, let's roll ahead. So, you know, you've, been, your business has been growing steadily over the last four years. Let's talk about the services that you offer. Cause you don't just shop, sharpen knives and then you do residential you do commercial but you sharpen all sorts of different things so maybe let's talk about that
1: yeah so i sharpen both western and japanese style knives, fabric shears food shears beauty shears axes most gardening implements ice auger blades i do pretty much anything that has a single a single cutting edge nothing repeating so no saw blades or chainsaws but pretty much anything else i can sharpen
0: How did you learn how to sharpen all, like the other, once you're doing knives, how did you learn how to sharpen other things to
1: add on to your service? So sharpening, uh, as a a principle, is the same across the board. What you're doing is you're removing material from the edge of a, whether it be a knife or a pair of scissors, you're removing it until you reach an apex, and then you go a tiny bit further, and a little burr will form on the backside of the edge you're sharpening. Once you have that burr, you can polish the item further, and then you remove the burr by bending it back and forth And you're left with something sharp. It doesn't matter if it's an axe or a kitchen knife or a pair of scissors. The principle is the same for everything.
0: You offer services like me, Kevin. I contact Market Sharpening. I'm at home. I got a good set of knives. Do they bring it to you? Do you go to them? How does the service work?
1: So I'm strictly a mobile service. I'm at St. Albert Farmer's Market. Every Saturday in the winter, I'm there from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. And Tuesday through Friday, I offer my mobile service uh, where I can come to your home or business and sharpen whatever you need.
0: So this is ideal for restaurant owners for sure. You must have like a, a few restaurant clients that you go to their restaurant because obviously, you know, restaurants, they're, they're in business. They need to keep the business going where you can just pull up. They pull out, the you know, whatever knives they need sharpened and you take care of it and away you go.
1: Yeah, so I do about 30 or 40 restaurants right now on a quite regular basis. Um, I pull up to their back lane, I grab all their knives. It takes me about five minutes per item. So generally within an hour, I can be out of your hair. Uh, You can give me one knife at a time if it's busy during service. So I can sharpen one knife, return to your kitchen, grab another one, uh, and work like that if needed. Um, I try to make it as convenient as I can for... restaurants and uh just busy professionals working from home i think that's an awesome service
0: okay so how often should a person get their knife sharpened and i'm sure it's different for restaurants than it is for the average home so is there two answers to that question
1: the answer is gonna be the same it's when the knife no longer performs well the there's a lot of tests you'll see on the internet for for testing how sharp your knife is but the one i prefer the most is just Cutting uh, skinned fruit or vegetables, so you know tomatoes or peppers, those are things that knives tend to struggle cutting. You should be able to cut through the skin of a tomato with just the weight of the knife, no pressure applied, um, doing a slicing motion. So once your knife can no longer cut a tomato with a slicing motion, just using its own weight, that is when I generally tell people to get it sharpened.
0: Is it true that a dull knife is more dangerous than a sharp knife?
1: So a dull knife, when you're cutting things like tomatoes or peppers that are quite difficult to cut, uh, they will slip off the food and they require more pressure to cut than a sharp knife would. So the, the risk is that you'll end up cutting your hand with a sharp knife. Uh, it'll stay on the food a lot easier. Um, if you cut yourself, you'll cut yourself likely deeper, but the wound will be, a much cleaner cut, and you'll feel much faster compared to a dull knife.
0: What about serrated knives? Do you sharpen serrated knives? Absolutely. Um, serrated knives are no different than any other knife. I can sharpen them. We were talking about, and I don't know the technical term for it. We were talking about, you know, the the, the sharpening rods that that people use. Is that my using the right term there? The the rods that you kind of scrape your knife on to sharpen. And yeah, a steel,
1: a steel honing rod. Um, sorry, go ahead, Kevin. No,
0: no, no. When, when you, you're mentioning, and I, which I found interesting, that they do work, but most people use them incorrectly. Is that, is that correct? There's a there's a technique to using those.
1: Yes. So I am not a fan of steel honing rods because most people do not know how to use them properly. They watch, you know, like Gordon Ramsay on TV, and he's <laughs> going a million miles an hour up in the air. Uh, when you see him do that, he has lots of practice but i suspect he's destroying his knife if i was his knife sharpener i'd be able to identify the issue but uh yeah so to properly use a honing rod uh you want to hold the honing rod in your non-dominant hand and plant the point into the counter or a cutting board like straight up vertically like yes straight up vertically okay and then you take the knife and you lay it flat against the honing rod Leaving the edge on, you're going to pull the spine away uh, and slide your knife down slowly towards the tip of the honing rod. Now, you need to be within a couple of degrees of what I have sharpened at. If you are more than a couple of degrees, you'll be dulling your knife uh, prematurely.
0: That's so technical. That's the reason why you think it's not the best tool. Most people will do it incorrectly.
1: Yeah, what I find is that most people will try to copy, you know, the the likes of TV stars and do it very quickly up in the air. And what happens when you do that is uh, you often apply too much pressure. Mm-hmm. You, you need very little pressure, uh, less than a pound. Um, when you apply too much pressure, you can actually remove material from your edge with the honing rod. Uh, and it can lead to all sorts of profile issues. You know, it, it can lead to sections of your knife, not contacting the cutting board so when you go to cut food, it'll leave ribbons of food that are uncut.
0: Okay, so what should people use if they're not
1: using that tool? What I generally recommend people use is a strop. It's the same tool a barber would use to maintain the razor blade. Uh, it, it achieves the same intended purpose as what a honing rod will, but if you're out by a couple of degrees, uh, it's not as big of a deal because it's a piece of leather you're working on, not a hardened piece of steel. So the leather can conform. Um, The purpose of both a strop and a honing rod is to realign the edge of your knife. When you do a lot of cutting, uh, the edge of your knife can wiggle if you were to look down the length of it. And it can also develop little burrs. So both a strop and a honing rod, when used properly, can remove the burrs from your knife and realign the edge, ultimately leaving it feeling much sharper. but the strop is just comes with a lot lower risk now that's some useful information it's break time again but when we return
0: we'll continue the conversation with market sharpening company owner brett gordon and talk about knife storage and cutting boards this is the main ingredient the main ingredient with kevin bergen The Main Ingredient with Kevin Bergen. Welcome back, friends. We are still talking to sharpening expert Brett Gordon, the owner of Market Sharpening Company. We are talking about strops. How do you spell that, Brett? Strop. S-T-R-O-P. S-T-R-O-P. So let's say I use the strop. I use it properly. I got a nice sharp knife. It's fantastic. How do I store these knives to make sure that they stay sharp?
1: So there, there's lots of ways you can store a knife to, to make sure that it stays sharp. The most critical part is that they're not thrown loose in a drawer where they can clang into other knives or other kitchen implements. Uh, good ways to store them would be a knife block on the counter. You can get slotted inserts for your drawers where the knives will stand upright and or they won't be able to clang into other things. You can also get a nice knife sheath, which will be a plastic cover that'll go over the edge of your knife. Then you are free to throw it loose in your drawer again. Or you can get a magnet for the wall.
0: Let's talk about something that a lot of people don't think about, which is cutting boards. We were talking about talking about the, the good and the bad about cutting boards. I'm sure that you have something to say along the lines of what types of cutting boards should be used with your kitchen knives.
1: Yeah, so kitchen knives are microscopically small on the edge they are a hardened piece of steel that is super small so if you smash them into things that are very hard like glass bamboo or pressed fiber board they will dull much quicker than if you're going to be using a soft plastic or a wood cutting board knives are used by everybody every day but nobody
0: thinks of the, the technical portion of how to keep your knife sharp what's the best surface to use it on you just bringing it up to me makes me think. Oh my god, I've been using my knife wrong this whole time. Um, what about? Yeah, you know, <laughs> what's
1: that? Go ahead. You know, if like you use a, If you use like a bamboo cutting board, for example, yeah. uh, what tends to happen is bamboo has a very high silica content. It's similar to cutting on sand, but it's also a very tough, dense fiber. So if you're applying any pressure at all to your knife and you cut into a bamboo cutting board, it'll tear little pieces of metal off the edge of your knife, leaving it with little serrations. Uh, whereas you know a soft plastic or an end grain wood cutting board, uh, they're much softer on your edge. You'll get an edge that'll stay sharp ten times longer compared to a bamboo, glass or pressed fiberboard cutting board. Wow, so your bamboo ends up making
0: your regular knife serrated, and you may not even notice it. I guess it would be the, it would be so small that you wouldn't even notice it.
1: You know, on on Japanese knives, if you're going to be using a bamboo cutting board, it'll take out pieces that are quite visible that'll look it'll end up looking like a bread knife uh within a couple of months wow crazy
0: what about washing your knives how do you wash it so that your edges last long
1: there's the only thing you should not do all your life wa- well there's a couple things you shouldn't do when you're washing your knives don't leave your knives in your sink uh it's dangerous if you reach in there and someone doesn't know a knife is in there but also just clanging around into plates or other utensils will dull it a lot faster but the, the the worst thing you can do is throw your kitchen knives in a dishwasher. Um, the dishwasher will dull your knives you know, much, much, much faster. If you were to not put them in the dishwasher, they will stay sharp 10 times longer than if you were to put them in the dishwasher. So wash your knives by hand, set them aside from your sink once they are washed on a towel. Um, if they're stainless steel, you don't need to worry about drying them. Uh, if they're carbon steel, you want to dry them right away so they don't rust. But as long as they're not left in a sink or in a dishwasher, they'll stay sharp much longer.
0: That is my biggest pet peeve is actually putting sharp knives in a dishwasher because it really doesn't take much to clean them. So why would you put it in the dishwasher? That's never made sense to me. You know what I'm saying?
1: It's one of the easiest things to clean in your kitchen. And not only will the dishwasher dull your knives prematurely, but one of the most commonly sold knives in Winnipeg is a hankle knife with a through tang and it'll have two plastic pieces on either side forming the handle with rivets going through those rivet handles when they go through the dishwasher enough times they eventually crack and fall off i see it all the time um they'll look perfectly fine and then one day the handle will just fall off so (laughs) don't be deceived by the you know Just don't put them through the dishwasher. Um, Your life will be better for it.
0: (laughs) You look like a fool, too. You're having some sort of dinner party. You're cutting, and then the handle just falls apart. Then it
1: just falls apart in your hand. look like a chump. It Um. it, it happens all the time. Uh, You know, I'll be at the market, and someone will bring me a knife, and uh, you know, the the knife handle will split right at the rivet point. And I'll ask them, do you run this knife through the dishwasher? And the answer is always yes, and they're always surprised at how I knew this. But it's, it's very easy to see. Not only will it cause your handles to fall off, but if you own stainless steel knives and you run them through the dishwasher, it'll cause the stainless steel to rust. It is stainless steel, not stain-proof steel. So the high heat and chemicals of the dishwasher will actually cause little rust spots to form on your knife.
0: Good advice. Man, You're fully, you're full of good tips.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a- I'm a big nerd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's good for me. Um yeah. Japanese versus Western knives. What's the difference?
1: Yeah, so I I love Japanese knives. Now they're not for everybody. They are going to be much thinner and lighter compared to Western knives, but they also have a much harder steel, uh, which which forms their edge. So when you use them, they will stay sharp, you know, about twice as long compared to a German knife, if not longer. Uh, but if you're going to be cutting things or maybe if you're not the most careful with your items, uh, you do leave your knives in the sink. You do cut on bamboo cutting boards. You might cut frozen food. Sometimes this will break a Japanese knife. And I've seen it where, you know, a loony sized chunk is missing out of the edge, uh, which I can repair. You know, you'll end up with a much smaller knife, but Western knives, by contrast, they'll be a lot thicker. They'll also be a lot thicker behind the edge so they won't perform as well. And they'll dull uh, about twice as fast compared to Japanese knives.
0: So I guess it just depends on what kind of person you are and how well you're going to take care of these knives, right? So you're, the Japanese knife will perform better, but it needs more care. Whereas the Western knife is a bit thicker, less performance, but is more durable. Is that is, did I say that correctly?
1: Yeah. If if you're the kind of person who's a little rough with your things, I would definitely get uh, a Western knife. When I say Western, I just mean one of you know made in the european style if you're if you're very meticulous with your stuff and you care about you know having the highest performing the best products japanese knives are unmatched uh they're not only much like they just they just cut so much better if you've never cut with one before it's like cutting for the first time the the (laughs) stuff you can do with them compared to western knives uh, you know, you can cut much thinner. Um, a lot of Japanese chefs will attribute their, the success of their dishes to the blacksmith. Uh, the reason they say this is because when you cut your food with a much thinner, sharper knife, it cuts the food on a cellular level. It doesn't tear it like a Western knife would and more of the moisture and therefore flavor stays in your food.
0: You, you spoke about, Uh, A loony-sized chunk being out of uh, a a, a Japanese knife, and you said it's something you can repair. So obviously, you repair knives too.
1: I I will not repair the handles of knives, but if there's any damage to the blade, whether or not you have like a a tip that's been broken off or a chunk right in the middle um, from from when your when your in-laws came to town and tried to cut a carve a turkey with your knife, you know, uh, I can definitely. Definitely make a more usable knife out of it. Uh, Your knife will become a little bit smaller. I can put a new tip in if that's what's missing. I can grind the knife back, reprofile it, and put a new edge on if you're missing a chunk right in the middle. But, uh, yeah, I don't do handles.
0: Okay, the most important question before I let you go is how do people contact you to get their knives sharpened? If they want advice on knives, they just want information, whatever, Uh, how do they get a hold of you? So I need all, you know, your website, social
1: media, whatever you want to give up. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to look me up online, I have a website. It's market sharpening, sharpening company.ca. You can also find me on social media at, at market sharpening company. And uh, yeah, if you want to reach out to me, my phone, 204 918 I answer texts or phone calls to this number. Or so
0: Last segment of the main ingredient coming up and we're going to talk to Haley Posh, the owner of Indulge Cafe and Bakery. Don't go anywhere, my friends. The Main Ingredient with Kevin Bergen.